you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Braviously on DDFP. Fly, red bird, and red flag, fly. Do whoa, it. Whoa, Go ahead. Whoa. I'm taking the Lions. The fourth turnover of the half for the Lions. Red oh, challenge flag pick. I almost yeah. added a little something to it. I feel like your finger was going up. I like the little ghosty one. There's one that's a little bit shorter than all the other guys. The San Diego Chargers get it done at home. Qualcomm. I don't like that, and you're not supposed to analyze it. Oh, and now I'm angry. Right, right, Carolina, Carolina, right, right, Carolina, right, right, Carolina. Go to go. <laughs> what was that? I'm not sure I even know what that uh, little flourish at the end was all that's about. What, that's, there. that's part of it. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented by McDonald's all day breakfast. Every day. Who couldn't love that? I don't know the answer to that question. So let's jump into talking about pro football. We've shaken things up here at the 11th hour. In fact, it's like 11.58 on on our clock here because we're ready to put this show out on Tuesday. But of course, Monday night's deeds in San Diego require that we visit quickly with our pal Ike Taylor. What's the poop, fella? Man, I'm just checking around. Yeah, it's a pleasure to see you as always. And previously, to let you in on what we did, late on Monday afternoon, me, Handsome Hank, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Ike Taylor sat down. We'll have that for you in just a matter of minutes here as we went through all of Sunday's action and Thursday night action. Great stuff from Ike. I'll just, uh, I'm just going to, you know, little spoiler alert here. I thought it was a fascinating comment you made that it had Andrew Luck started the game against the Texans, they would have lost that game. And I think you're right about that. Yeah, I think people are going to get mad at me, Sheck, when I say that. But let Andrew Luck get all the way healthy. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for him to rush back. Matt Hasselbeck has been playing solid, real legit. People forget he's been very successful in the NFL. He's just 40, so really Mm -hmm. nobody never heard of him. But the last two games, Sheck, when you want to talk about a guy who's managing that team, putting the team in great situations pretty much every time he can, 
calling audibles, calling audibles, diagnosing the defense, not turning the ball over. That's mad. Yeah, it's interesting. And uh, let me tell you what's coming up. Otherwise here, Ike is going to break down his top five cornerbacks in the NFL. Not quarterbacks, but cornerbacks. 24 was a good one himself for a dozen years in pro football. We're going to look at Monday Night Football. Like I say, we'll visit with the around the NFL boys, Hanzus and Rosenthal. And we're going to power rank the undefeated teams and see who can be a part of that conversation when the year's all done, which teams that have taken a loss or two are going to be in the mix come January. Right now, though, uh, let's talk about Monday Night Football, a grand one for the Steelers, a heartbreaker for the Chargers. And I guess we can talk about this in a minute, but Roethlisberger already wants to come back and play against uh, Carson Palmer. I mean, against Bruce Arians, I guess, specifically, and whether or not they should stick with Mike Vick until seven is fully healthy. Let's talk very important stuff. And like I say, it is that game there, and let's start at the end of things from Monday night by looking at the drive that Mike Vick put together after what was, even by his own admission, a woeful, what, fit, uh, I don't know, 45-ish, 50-ish minutes of the game. I mean, he threw three balls, two of which should have gone back to the house against the Steelers. See, this, this, and this has been his go-to guy. Like Darius Hayward Bay. Everybody been looking for A.B., speaking of A.B., you know, A.B. quietly... Um, Use it he, as a decoy, gonna, yeah, right? Yeah, he's going to get a lot of attention. So you got to understand, this this is the Vic I want to see right here. Like, Running I, I, I don't want to see the in the pocket trying to throw the ball. Hey, man, when everything breaks down, that's a good pass. When everything breaks down, I need you to scramble and run because that's the Vic I know. And that's, that's, that's your game. And I can respect that game. On the other hand, you got three monsters around. You got D'Angelo. You got Heath Miller. You got A.B. Now you got the coming of a so-called bus Darius Haywood Bay, mm-hmm. who's coming along? Like that's that's been Vic go-to guy. Why? Because he's been getting all the one-on-one matchups. Everybody's been doubling and watching out for AB. So now on the other hand, man, I got two running backs back there, and we saw a little pistol. We saw a little pistol last night. I love that, and I and you know, to me, I've been belly aching for a week and a half about the poor decision making as I saw it. Todd Haley, and it's not 2020 hindsight. In the moment, I was thinking, saying in overtime. In third quarter, in in short and third, on third and short and fourth and short, give it to 26. Keep riding him. I think Tomlin and Haley and everybody else in the Steelers organization must have been listening to Damashek because you could feel from the first series on that that was their goal. They're going to ride 26 saw, so long as seven is down. You, you you saw the Wildcat in the first series. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You saw D'Angelo and Le'Veon. On the field at the same time, including Mike Vick. So technically, that's three running backs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, Mike right. Vick is always a threat when it comes down to running the ball. But man, you got to give the Le'Veon. Like Le'Veon, man, just being a professional from his first year to his third year, he's done everything you ask him to do, professional-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a moment last year, and he paid his price for the moment. He did his time. So now you're seeing what the man is doing too. I tell people all the time. 2.9% body fat. So we go from 237 in college to 211, my third year in the NFL. I know what it takes. Basically, that's what Le'Veon telling me. Like, I know what it takes to be a complete running back. Then, he, then when you saw the post-game show last night after the game, he was like, I felt good last year. I was at 4% body fat last year. I felt good. I want to see if I can feel better this year. So I want to lose weight. I'm going to do that. I'm going to work my butt off. Now I'm going to watch and monitor what I eat. 
So basically, as a young kid, he telling me, this guy really gets it as a professional. Mm -hmm. And you see it week in and week out when he's on the field. I just like the atmosphere of seven, and I mean in Ben Roethlisberger, how he's kind of took in Vic under his wing. Did he, I mean, from, uh, Roethlisberger says after the game that he designed the rollout, or at least it wasn't in last night's Vic playbook. Said Vic said that. Like, yeah. after the game in the, the post-game ball to Wheaton, which churns Vic, the court. You felt the game was Vic over. Vic said Roethlisberger right. saw something throughout the game and drew that play up on the sideline. That's growth for me from just looking from a distance from seven mm-hmm. to Vic. So now it's like Vic looking at a situation, I've always had to carry the load. I've always been the man. But now I got a whole team who's rallying behind me. I have no other choice but to play good. So now when I do mess up, I feel some kind of way about that. You know what I'm saying? So, and you can say Le- Le'Veon and A.B. Like he was talking to A.B. Even though A.B. wasn't getting the ball, he was still going to the sideline, sitting down, talking to A.B. You know what I'm saying? So you you still you still saw, you still saw Vic and Ben talk. That says a lot. That's why I'm mad. Like if we're gonna get Vic, man, let me at least play with Vic one day. Quietly, we're not gonna talk about this defense. This defense has been balling. You know what? That is an undercovered story. Everybody decided in the offseason, and in fact, a couple of seasons ago, that the Steelers' defense is no longer the Steelers' defense. But it is transitioning now. It is very quietly playing well. Now it becomes Bruce Arians and uh, the mighty Arizona Cardinals. Do you suspect, I know Roethlisberger, because of the relationship with Arians, wants to play against him, but you talked to Coach Tomlin do you suspect that he'll put Roethlisberger in there, or is it better to go with two think, for another I, yeah. week? Yeah, I'm going to go with two for another week. I, if I can get seven all the way healthy, 89, 100% is better than 89%. Mm-hmm. 97% is better than 78%. If I can get him in the 90s, almost to that 100, I'm going to go ahead and sit this man down because everybody knows our game plan. What's the game plan? Give it to Le'Veon. Mm-hmm. Make, make, make them stop Le'Veon. And if they stop Le'Veon, now we can start a being. Now we can start going to Heath. Darius Haywood Bay can't wait for Brian Martavis. Brian still haven't came back yet. When he gets back, right. it's going to be a whole nother story. Matter of fact, I'm a wildcat this thing sometimes too. So their mind is made up. Like I told Coach T this morning, like, man, you got some big kahunas calling that play. Because everybody on that goal line play, when you see Le'Veon in the backfield, he's running left or right. Wow. One or two. To me, you know, it's it, it. this, again, is not 2020 hindsight. In the moment, that is the right decision there. And, you know, I think the only maybe miscalculation, uh, talking about the last play of the game, the goal line to direct snap it to Bell, I think it's, you know, yeah, it's a, uh, like you say, big kahunas to make that uh that big cojones. I don't kahuna is like a surfing thing of some sort, I believe. Either way, yes, it's the right thing to do there. What's the better bet? To try and force an overtime and see in a 50-50 proposition if you can get that close again with a rookie kicker who hasn't done anything or to roll with the best running back in the NFL or one of the top two or three at the very least and see if he can make one yard and pull the game out. And by the way, they did have that timeout. They still could have called the timeout. I know everybody says the clock expired, but in fact, if you look back at it, there was a second left on the clock. They would have gotten the timeout. I think Haley and and uh, and Tomlin, I almost called him Cower, um, and Tomlin probably forgot about the fact that Bell is such a patient runner that he spun in a couple extra seconds off, a seconds off the clock. When you see five seconds left and you're going to direct snap it, you figure, oh, we'll have time to call the timeout. 
It was a great call. Is the bottom line to me? I don't understand the they, they, people now <laughs> saying it was a. It was they got lucky and they uh, survived. Like what are we talking about? They didn't lose. That was a good call. They they won. It was a one yard. The mistake was touchdown. not giving it to twenty six against the Ravens. Yeah, the week it, it was tough. So obviously they learned that they learned from that mistake last week against Baltimore. Like, hey, these people are right. If we have Le'Veon in our backfield, and we and it comes down to this situation, we don't give this man the ball, and and that's what they did. But on the flip side, what I really wanted to say was Antonio Brown, his unselfishness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He can pout all day if you want to because by far when seven is there he is the best receiver in the world he's not doing none of that so what i see from ab is another growth kind of guy same thing i'm seeing with Le'Veon. like mm-hmm. man you know i'm the best receiver in the world you know i run the best routes in the world you know i'm five ten and they still having two and three guys checking me usually that happens with a guy who's six plus you know what i'm saying but now I'm just coming over there, just checking on Vic. To make, hey, Vic, what'd you see? Hey, I might be open on some of these crossing routes, man. Look at me sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Instead of pouting or making a big scene, he's not doing that. He can, but he's not doing that. If you he were paying attention, you are 100% correct. He that I could just see it on the TV yeah, he, that, a, that he understands is open in those it's crossing about routes. It's right. team. Yep. And I, and, I, and I like that. Well, it's interesting, and it was really a must-win after the letdown against Baltimore. Now it makes it so that they don't have to beat Arizona. Meantime, San Diego falls to 2-3, and three, and Phil Rivers, as good as he looks uh, you know, most of the time there, that's a tough loss with Antonio Gates, a tough one for them to, uh, to suffer. All right, here's the good news, Ike Taylor. I appreciate you coming in here. And now on the other side of seeing football baby and how he did with his week five Let's picks see. it's going to be ike taylor mjd and handsome hank so stick around and then like i say greg rosenthal and dan hanzus and i are going to chop up the undefeated teams and who's the best among those teams but football baby three and one all right here we go now joined in our semicircle of truth Reese Jones Drew, Ike Taylor, <laughs> and back from England. There he is, everybody. It's handsome Hank. He's handsome He's handsome He's handsome Hello, handsome. How are you? And welcome back. Thank you, David. It's great to be here among friends again. Yes, well, and away from the Miami Dolphins, exactly. uh, uh, you know, dumpster fire. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's get into it, everybody, shall we? And, uh, Handsome, actually, you got to do something. The Dolphins game itself in London wasn't so good. It was not. But you did get to meet up with your all-time favorite professional athlete, huh? That is true, yeah. I, I, uh, I managed to spend a little, just a little moment with Dan Marino. Number 13 yep. of the Miami Dolphins and the Pitt Panthers, too, by the way, before that. Let's take a look. And handsome meeting up with his idol, Danny Marino. Look oh, that's at that. Nice. That's and there's nice, a, isn't it? That's me on the left with an 18-year-old Dan Marino. Really? Yeah, that's Pitt Stadium. I thought I thought you were older than Dan. I'm not gonna lie. Because I haven't <laughs> seen Dan in a long time. I haven't seen Dan in a long time, but he's old. He's what? he's old, but he looks good still. 
He's handsome Hank. Hank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why is he so far away from you? Well, because we didn't want to get too close. It's not okay. like we're not on touching terms okay. yet. Not like, not like not like Dave and, and MJD. I'm not yes, touching before Dave. He was <laughs> a big, <laughs> before he was a big star there, yeah, Dan right. Marino, he would go shoulder to shoulder with a young Damashek, but now that he's big time Hall of Famer. Did you have curls? I don't know. The hair, the... Can, no, we, run, can we run that back? Can we check yeah, the curls Was that curls? <laughs> Maybe the hair was running can a little run bit long. It was another time. It was another style. Uh, okay. Slack tie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, Dan had curls. Are you wearing a dress Is that a girl? of some kind as well? That's not a dress, right? That's not a girl. So that was, I guess that's Danny Marino's rookie, I mean, uh, freshman season. So that would have been round about 79, 80-ish. Here's what happened since for Marino, 61K, through the air... Hall of Famer. Hey, MJ, why he's, why he's smiling like this, MJ? I know, that don't even look like you. Shaq, that's why, <laughs> that's that's why I had a beard. When I first met you, I, didn't, I was like, who is, who is this guy talking to me? Because I, I didn't recognize <laughs> you from that picture. You look completely different. Hey, so be it. Handsome. That's like a younger you. That's like a 20-year-old you right that there. That is me last year. I just no didn't way. have a beard yet. Hey, that's hey. all. Take that away. I, I'm done with that thing. <laughs> I do. You know what, though? I look handsome there, and I look handsome with a beard. And that actually makes me think a handsome Hank, because I just had a conversation before we got going here with our stage director out here, Rhoda. She likes to talk about these things. She told me that she thinks handsome Hank has a good name because he is, in fact, handsome, according yeah, to her. Good. Rhoda, please come here for a minute. I want to ask you something real quick. Please come here. Please, please. Time's a waste. <laughs> I'd, like I'd like you to quickly, Rhoda, if you wouldn't mind here, rank everybody one through four in terms of handsomeness. Not in Ooh. personality. Just I want you to see. What, how would you lay this thing out here? Handsome MJD, you. Hey! <laughs> hey! I got number two. Ike, don't Ike do is it. not number two. <laughs> don't do it, Ike. What do you think about that, Ike? Back down at the bottom. I got to start at the top. It's a lot I got to work on. I understand that. Handsome <laughs> Hank is number one out of the four of us. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I think it's a humiliation for the other, <laughs> the other three of us. All right, okay. let's talk about uh, pro football week five. The Denver Broncos now go to 5-0. and oh, And as far as I'm concerned, this must be very confusing for Gary Kubiak, for their fans, for Peyton Manning himself, because the defense is dominant, but Peyton Manning is about as bad. I mean, listen, you know, we talked uh, last Sunday to Steve Weish, who was at the game, and he said, now listen, you can't call Peyton Manning, that, say he's the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now because Colin Kaepernick is far worse. But are we even sure about that? I mean, in terms of passer rating, he's way down at the bottom. He's 30th. How confusing, How I mean, how far, I guess, can the Broncos go, MJD, with Peyton Manning playing the way he is? Well, I think if they go back to his offense, they'll be fine. But right now, they're trying to do that mix of his offense and Gary Kubiak's and all those things going on. That's not going to work. you got to strictly run that Peyton, throw the ball first, run the ball second offense, and then let that defense win games for you. But, man, he can't even throw the ball anymore, Ike. <clears throat> yeah, but we talked about this with Andy Dalton. Like, quarterbacks who are used to the shotgun, it's hard for them to turn their backs towards the defense. So... I mean, at the same time, you're getting the best of both worlds when you want to talk about an offensive coordinator. Yeah, you don't like turning your back, but I'm going to have to make you turn your back because I know come down playoff time, we're going to have to run the ball a little bit and the play-action pass is going to come into effect. So I get it, but I feel the same way MJD do, man. Once, once you let them pass first, then start running, 
Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. The trial and error of things, 17 years in, he has the one Lombardi trophy. There's some, uh, some people out there, I don't know if they're uh, outsmarting themselves or trying to convince themselves of this, but there are people out there saying, this is actually good for the Broncos. This is good for Peyton Manning. This brand of ball is going to work come January. How say you, Hanson? Well, the, uh, the brand is that the defense is winning the games, and, and then he should be handing the ball off. The problem for me is, like, that second pick that Charles Woodson had yesterday... I glanced up from, from my computer and looked at it. I thought it was in slow-mo, the way that the ball got there. It was travelling so slowly, and Woodson had the ch time to get like halfway across the field. To, I mean, it was a great pick, but he, he had a lot of time to get there. They're both old. Right. That's what happens. His legs are going faster <clears throat> than the ball, though. Well, I think the biggest question, though, is their offensive line. They can't block a soul. And so right now, you can talk about the playoffs all you want, but if you can't run the ball, which they can't, I mean, you got to understand, outside of Denver, of throwing the deep ball, Whitson did a good job of, like, hey, I know there's a nine route going, but he's probably going to throw the seven cut, seven cut, meaning uh, go go ball on the nine route, corner route by the inside guy. He's probably going to throw the seven cut, man. I'm going to take my chances and bite on this. So he read it perfect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. Well, let's take a look at that pick that Handsome's talking about. Three picks again for Peyton. Six touchdown passes, seven INTs already this season. Like I say... 30th among starting QBs or guys that are at the, the minimum standard there. Here's what else is messed up. Damashek and Damashek's uh, prognostication uh, in 2015 so far. I've made a lot of bad picks, and as you guys you have heard me... you made a lot me, of picks as well. Well, that, let's be honest, each week you pick both teams to win in different places. That's so not true win. at all. That's an unfair <laughs> charge to put against me. That's not <laughs> at all. Been proven in many places. talked about a couple of charges against you that are true. Right. That's not. That's absolutely not true. I'm being assaulted verbally and otherwise you can't so hold far. Water. You can't. <laughs> you got diarrhea that's by the true. mouth. Yeah. That Leaky I don't bucket. have that, but I don't. I definitely. You're right. I can't hold my water. You're right about that. No, when, no, we, you not your water. Mouth. Every Sunday we sit out on the stage. We sit, as a matter of fact, right here. We watch all the games for seven hours, and sometimes I have to no, get I up. And, I didn't say that. No. What? You can't, keep a secret. you can't keep a secret. Listen, that is so untrue. I don't know where such a charge comes from. It, it just came. We just diagnosed that. What? Di well, I don't know. You've never <laughs> confided anything in me. So yeah, you did. You, you have? Told, you told on me. I didn't tell on you, but you know what? I'm telling on myself first. I'm going to be a man. And, and I mean, what's what, what second? What's for, after first, what's second? Well, let me, for, let me start with this. You're going to tell on me second. I'm going to tell you. Know, you know, at the end of Dirty Dancing. You know, the late, great Jerry Orbach says to the late, great Patrick Swayze, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. It's the Orbach rule. It's the Orbach factor. Damashek, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And a team in the Broncos division, the Kansas City Chiefs, I didn't just say was going to win that division. I said they were going to go to the Super Bowl this year. And when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going to the Super Bowl this year, not without Jamal Charles. But you know what? I'm not the only one who said some things that were wrong. I've said that Andy Dalton will never win a Super Bowl. Is that fair, MJD? No, not at all. You think he can win a Super Bowl? Definitely. You buy that? I buy it. I'm an Andy Dalton fan. When we sat out and, and on NFL Now Game Day Blitz on Sunday, at the very start of it, at 10.02 a.m. out here on the West Coast, you said, I think Andy Dalton is going to beat the Seahawks. I think he is playing better, all the stuff of Andy Dalton 2014 and, and uh, in the past, is in the rearview mirror. This is a new Andy Dalton. I said, false. And now I'm the one who has egg on my face. Ike, how say you? Why are you doing my way? <laughs> I'm just curious how you feel about this. Man, Andy Dalton made me a believer uh, yesterday. So obviously I didn't think Andy Dalton was going to jump that hurdle, but he did jump that hurdle. I mean, the man got game-winning drives. They came back from 24-7 to 7 
in the second half. Mm -hmm. uh, he was dropping the ball in the buckets yesterday. He was only placing the ball where only his receivers can get it. I mean, the defense had tight coverage for the most part of the game, and the dog was just throwing good passes. We, me and MJD talked about it earlier. He was sliding in the pocket. He kept his eyes down the field. So he was giving me everything I didn't like about Andy Dalton yesterday. See, I didn't throw you under any bus. I just said that I was wrong in my opinion. After I didn't say I had like a 40-minute we had you had like a 40-minute argument before this even came about. That's so true. You tried to make That's where it. this is coming from. That I'm a, that I can't keep a secret. Ike, it's not a secret if you say it when there are cameras pointed at us and it's being put out to the well, world. Everybody's you said, not watching. But since you right. said it, they're going to start to watch. What about Josh McCown? Josh is pretty good right now. He's he's playing he's playing good football. I mean, you got to give it to the man. I mean, later later on he's going to turn into the guy. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to turn into that guy. Is I know. He? But for uh, for the most part, man, he 300, 300, 400 yards. You can't you can't deny him. You can't deny the man right now. What do you think about this? I told you so. You did say. Yeah, MJD is in a juicy spot here to say I I'm told rolling. you. Told uh, Dave and Ike a few things. I'm, I'm just rolling you in general. Name. Just say your name. You ain't got to say. You're me. right. You're that. That's I, fair. I, I, <laughs> Thank I, you. Me and Ike, we got something else going on. But you, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I see. So, so your thing rises above, but me now I'm untrustworthy for exposing no Ike's. These are on record. Your comments. You, I feel some kind of way. Like you threw me under the bus. Then you roll <laughs> back. True. You put it in reverse. Handsome Hank, how say you? What do you think um, about one? Josh McCown, or how you. he's been oh, performing? Yeah, yeah, go I'm ahead, you. weigh in <laughs> on me. I know that you're not good at keeping secrets. That's just not I, true. I, I don't understand where this I, comes from. Because, I mean, it's, hap it's, it's been, it's been like that forever. It's consistent. It's, all it's good. fine. You shouldn't worry you about are. it. You, you like are. to speak. Yeah, you like to talk. Cool. People like to tell you stuff, and then you like to tell other that's people cool. the same stuff. I mean, that, I, I, mean I, I, feel, I feel attacked by all of you. And I'm very disappointed in all of you. <laughs> hey, real real quick, I do want to go back, actually, to uh, to not the performance by Andy Dalton, but the team he did it against. Is this now a trend with the Seahawks defense? Anything to read into the fact that if we go back to the Super Bowl, 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, they give that one away, lose that game. They should have lost to the Packers, in fact, the in two weeks before that. They, they really lost that game up in Seattle if it weren't for Eight different blunders in the second half. They really gave that one away too. Now you go to 2015. They lost to Nick Foles. They, gave, you know, they had a lead and they gave up a lead to Nick Foles and lost in overtime there. Now they should have lost to Detroit in Week Four. Now they do give up, like you say, 24-7 lead to Cincinnati. Is this an ugly trend for? And is the mystique gone from this Seahawks D, handsome Hank? I, I think that the issue is more around their offense. To be honest with you. Okay, like Hank. That, that D, you know that D. something? I see you knowing something Thank about very, ball. <laughs> Thank you, MJD. That's one for it Hank. It means a lot coming from you. You're welcome. Um, the I, I mean, their, their defense, like it's not it's not playing as well as it has done the last two three years. But their offense is a mess. Really is. Hey, don't forget they scored on defense. Yep, that is true. I know you got you. You said that uh, previously, Ike. But the fact is, I mean, they're twenty four seven. They have a seventeen point lead. A dominant defense doesn't give up. You know, I I know I don't have to tell Ike Taylor this, but under Bill Cowher they, and under Dick LeBeau, I mean, what was it? One time in a yeah. fifteen year run. I mean, they, they scored on defense. Your, your percentages when you score on defense is pretty high. So you take you take away that seven away from the defense, then what your offense produce? How many points your offense put up? Seventeen. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, let's 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 be fair. Like, and like you're Hanks, underestimating how well that Bengals offense played as well. Uh, but again, I'm not just putting it on that one game. I'm putting this on well, on, on a series of games over the last the last right. eight or so games I'll, they've played. I'll say They've this, given up though, some, some big leads. When your offense goes three three and out, your defense is on the field more, more exposure. Mm-hmm. Teams get more chances to try to crack that defense. And finally, as of late, they've been on the field a lot, and teams are finding the the secret, the recipe to uh, beat them. All right, then now let's talk about uh, Josh McCown. I mean, to me, I, I would like to have seen Johnny football, but I can't no, really don't. argue against now what Josh McCown has done. <laughs> I mean, you 457. You can't 457. deny the man. I still like Johnny football. I'm going to rock with Johnny football until they kick him out. But at the same time, Josh, man, just he's just on the road. He's, he's making the tight end. He's creating the tight end. Bonnage. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's Look creating at him the sliding the pocket. Find you know your check down. So, and that's the key to just about every quarterback's their checkdowns. Like, that's why you got to like one of the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, man. He don't mind giving it to his checkdowns. Check I mean, when Flacco was at his finest, who he was throwing the ball to? Ray Rice, his checkdown. Mm-hmm. So he made that five-yard game turn into a 64-yard game. And I understand that. But McCown right now, man, the man is on fire, man. You the can't even deny it. Well, look at I mean, He's as Johnny, you can see. Johnny that's football. a Johnny Manziel football right now. That's right. He takes off with the football and runs it in there. He Johnny has pants that though. are brown on, and they say brown's on them, you know. He's, he's doing it he's all. He's trying to make them relevant, and I respect it, right? This guy comes out the of nowhere. The real Josh will come out, though. No, he won't. That's you can only stay Josh. hot for so long. That it, it will come out. He was hot in Chicago. He was hot in Chicago for, what, 12 games, something like that? They, no. They lasted four, yeah. four games. Yeah. He no. was hot for. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It was no. about a four-game run there. Now to the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, like I say, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl without Jamal Charles, and I feel bad for... Jamal Charles, because he's a swell fellow, fun guy to talk to off the field, but also one of the great performers on the field. This probably scuttles any chance they had of getting back into the thing. But what is it like, MJD? It's not not like being on a team that you knew going into the season was going to be crummy. This team probably had high hopes. They were sort of built. They finally get Jeremy Macklin. You think the passing game's going to improve. And here they are, more or less out of things, in early October. What's that locker room like right now? How do you keep going when, when, you, when you have this many games left on the slate? Uh, well, I mean, they still feel they have a chance. You know, you're, um, you just got to get one victory, and that's what they're all worried about, doing the fundamentals, doing everything right. Defense has to pick it up. Special teams has to pick it up, knowing that you lost your key weapon on offense. Kelsey has to play better. Macklin has to play better. And then whoever's that running back, uh, they have to go and tote this rock the right way. Alex Smith can't turn the ball over. Yeah, I guess. But, Ike, what's it like if you are if you find yourself in a position like – I mean, you were you were on the 0-4 Steelers. What was that, three seasons – or two seasons two. ago? What was the, What's the vibe in the locker room? You are, are people on the Lions, on the Chiefs, on the Dolphins, are they still having a conversation like, hey – Listen, we're, we're not out of this thing. Coach T and staff kept, still kept everything in-house. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he kept telling us, hey, man, a lot of guys outside are going to throw y'all under the bus. But the only guys that can turn this around is the guys in this locker room. You know what I'm saying? You can go home to your wife. She's going to baby you. You can go home to your girlfriend, your, your grandma, your mom. They're going to tell you everything you need to hear, why it's not your fault. They're not in this locker room. They're not putting the time and effort on this field. I'm telling y'all, if we can just get one win, like MJ, MJD said, if we can just get one win, stick together, this season will turn around. We was one game short, one game short from turning the season around. But with KC, man, Alex Smith being Alex Smith with Jamal Charles. So now all of a sudden, man, Jamal Charles is gone. He's going to be different. No, he's been that same kind of guy with a dynamic running back. So he, he's the issue right now. Alex Smith is the issue right now. Well, and the same 
what you could say goes for Matt Stafford. Do you, I mean, the issue, you say, yeah, we just need to get a win. We need to be together. But surely as human beings, you know, I don't know, Golden Tate or somebody must be whispering to Calvin Johnson, like, you know, how are we ever going to win a game with Matt Stafford throwing the ball? Or maybe it's not the receivers, but maybe it's a player on defense. Maybe it's a Lodi Nada whispering it to Ziggy Ansel. We're doing our part, but man, Stafford, doesn't that, that's got to happen, right? Uh, it does, but at the same time, I mean, we have to understand that you have to do your job. Right, Stafford's job is to not turn the ball over, get the ball to his playmakers. Uh, Golden Tate's job, get open. Cowan's job, get open. A uh, Nada's job, stop the run. Right? We all, if we all do our job and focus on our job, even though we have other issues going on, focus on your job, you'll be fine. I don't know. I hear what you're saying, and that sounds good in a vacuum. But, no, but that, that's how it is. We see Sean Payton and Rob Ryan arguing on the sidelines. Seems like things start to come unhinged. It certainly did. In Miami, there. What, high, do you have any high hopes now for uh, for Campbell's bunch to no, write they, this shit? They just had the the easy part of their schedule. I mean, no, the, the <laughs> Dolphins may win three or four games this year. Ike, you said something really interesting. The Houston Texans, another team that I was really high on going into the season, because really based on hard I thought knocks. Arian. What's that? You're a hard knocks guy. No, no, no. I really yeah. like this team because of Arian Foster. I like DeAndre Hopkins. If when he <clears> was healthy, I liked him. I thought Ryan Mallett, you know, had the pedigree at least. And I just thought that Jadavian Clowney and JJ Watt would eventually would get to a point where they would be unstoppable as a duo. Instead, we see Denver doing that with uh, with their guys. But you said that in fact Matt Hasselbeck is the better option right now. You you said what? what actually, I'm not going to steal. Let, your him, let him rock. Let, let Matt Hassel rock, man. He, he's he's been balling. Like he's been doing one thing. Andrew Luck can't do consistently. Not turn the ball over. Regardless on what you want to say. Yeah, he's going to be a, a dynamic or, or great. We want him to be a great uh, quarterback in the league. But for now, man, he's giving he as in Matt is giving the Colts every opportunity to win the ball game. You know what I'm saying? So now the defense, as a defensive player, man, I'm looking at it like, man, this guy ain't turning the ball over. Hey, man, let's tighten up a little bit. Let's tighten up just a little bit. Give him enough to give us a chance to win the ball game. He's adjusting. He's making audibles. He's getting everybody. He's not staring one guy down. I mean, Andre Johnson, T.Y., uh, Frank Gore had some, some screen plays. The running game came into effect. Uh, the tight end. So he's he's pretty much he's managing like we say he's managing the game but he's doing a great job of it by not turning the ball over you're not giving the opposing team It really other is options. interesting the way Andrew Luck now has been turning over the ball so much but do you agree handsome with what Ike said is that the Colts wouldn't have won that game last Thursday if Andrew Luck were, were the starter I mean I I, I kind of you know what I kind of buy that if he played I, the I way that he play, I agree if if he played the way he played up until then yeah no doubt then they he'd have turned the ball over two or three times during the game they wouldn't have won that game but I, going forward you got to you got to hope that Andrew Luck does get better that's what we all expect him right on the other hand a guy like Max Stafford I think you've seen at this point in his career you, you know, MJD gave me in, gave me the business about 100 million dollar quarterbacks last week or two weeks ago with Ryan Tannehill Matt Stafford, you've seen enough at this point to know that Matt Stafford, and it's a tough decision for a team like the Lions to make. You invested a first round, uh, the overall first pick on, on this guy. He's not going to get you any further than he has done already. He's taking you to the playoffs, and if that's the extent of your ambition, then great, you stick with Matt Stafford. But he's never, ever going to get you beyond that. Yeah, that's clear. And MJD, you know, Matt, the thing that was intriguing also about Matt Hasselbeck is he had a bacterial, a bacterial infection, and it reminded me, if I were sick, did you ever go and play sick? Because oh, yeah. if you just make the other team know that you have a cold or something, maybe they don't want to tackle you and catch your cold. That's a no. good strategy. 
Not at all. No, you, you don't. might as well go out there and not, not put on any deodorant. Then, if that's I case. think that's, you know what I've said that as well. Why not go out there? Don't shower for a whole your, week. Stink your, so badly, no one would want to. Your tape you. is your walking, talking, breathing resume. I mean, what you put on tape is you. That's all you got. Well, not if you have stink fumes coming off of you. That would also be on the tape, wouldn't it? You can't see them though. We're talking about cartoons. Oh, that's yeah. right. I'm getting confused <laughs> between reality and cartoons. Right. Now let's talk some reality from someone who lived it for 12 years. The cornerback the shutdown corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ike Taylor, lay it on us. It's always interesting to hear from an expert on these things. Your best cornerbacks. We got into it on Sunday because, again, we were talking Legion of Boom against Andy Dalton. 14 had his way against that secondary in the second half. Rank for us now. I, I asked you the question. Richard Sherman, is he still in that conversation for yeah, best corner? Give, got, me, give me your top five. I got him at number two. Um, I got Revis at number one. I got Richard Sherman at number two. Um... I mean, I got uh, Pat Peterson at number two. I got Richard Sherman at number three. Josh Norman slid up there at number four. And Chris Harris Jr., man, quietly. I know we talk about Khalib a lot, but quietly, man, he, he's been putting up solid seasons. You can just ask some of his teammates. I asked Tony Carter, who used to play for the uh, Denver Broncos. He agrees with me. Like, Chris Harris, man, he's, he's kind of the man over there. You know hmm. I mean, they're, they're willing to match up between whoever they play because of Chris Harris. So, these top five guys so far, man, I mean, repeat offenders and Sherman, Peterson and Revis, uh, Norman jumping to the building. Uh, Harris, I feel like last year he was underrated like Grimes. He slid into my top five. These guys, you know, they make things happen on their on defense. And why do you like Patrick Peterson more than Richard Sherman, who is moving around a little bit more than he used to? I mean, they're making, they making Sherman move around because they feel like Kerry really, Williams can't really get the job done. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of unfair to Richard because Richard is known to sit on one side, lock down one side, make you turn somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? But for Patrick Peterson, man, since he was a baby, since he was a pup, he didn't came into the game, and he's traveled against the team's best receiver. So wherever A.J. Green lined up, Patrick Peterson is going to line up. And, of course, man, you, 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 you would figure, man, my offensive guy, the, the game is towards the receiver. So it's hard to lock down these receivers and consistently. Don't forget, he's young. Like, Patrick Peterson is young. He ain't number 24, 24-25. So he's still got a $100 million contract waiting on him. And, by the way, man, the man plays punt returner, all-pro punt hmm. returner, too. So just a guy who's built like LeBron James – but he plays football and cornerback. I like him. I worked out with this guy a lot. Not taking anything other than Richard Sherman, man. Richard Sherman, he made a lot of money for himself. He's been one of the reasons why the Legion of Boom been the Legion of Boom. Um, he feels that kind of way. He got he got the uh, the Tom Brady syndrome. Man, y'all y'all got me late. So now I feel like y'all got to steal. So now I'm gonna show the world why I should have got drafted early. And mm. I respect that. Do you think, though, that is it to my untrained eye, it seems like Patrick Peterson is playing a little bit better this year than he has the last couple of years. True, MJD? No, definitely. I, I think he has more confidence. Early on, I mean, he was getting kind of – people were throwing at him. He was getting picked on a little bit. you got to have that confidence. Somewhere along the line, he regained that, and that's what it is. Right now, though, Richard Sherman is not a really – it's not a good slot nickel corner. He, he doesn't play well in that tight area, and that's where people are starting to expose leave him. him. Leave him outside. I mean, Sherman, Sherman made his name by staying outside, man. Lead the man outside. Um, what, what is it like, Ike, to – you, are you born with it or do you learn to have it as you go along in the NFL 
the guy you're tasked with being, you are our corner. You're getting the number one every week. And I, I don't think Richard Sherman gets that every week. Patrick Peterson does, though, and Darrell Revis does. Man, you got to have that confidence. It's it's a mentality, man. Like I say, either it can lengthen your career or shorten your career by being a cornerback and holding it down at the cornerback position. But you got to mentally be built for that. Everybody mentally ain't built for that. A lot of people want it and wants the, the money that comes with it. But, man, playing corner and, and knowing that's probably the team's first option from snap in to snap out, depending on who the running back is, man, that's a hard task, man. That's the one thing Coach T and the staff liked about me, man. You didn't know if I was having a good day or, the bad, or a bad day. I was going to be the same regardless. But mentally, man, I was just built for that. You know what I'm saying? I look at my childhood and the way I, the way I was raised and the guys who brought me up, they, they trained my mind mentally to be built for that. So... The challenges I had in football, man, I appreciate them. But uh, playing that cornerback position, man, traveling from receiver to receiver, everybody's not built for that. Are you surprised, Handsome, by this list? Does this fit? Because fans, we like to sit around and do that, and we, we mm-hmm. cite our favorite player like Brent Grimes isn't on this list. Does this stack up from your perception of how the fans that you see, uh, does that list sort of reflect? I think so. Where I, I always wonder whether Revis... Revis is really good. I just don't know if he's definitely number one or a lot of it is on reputation because people aren't necessarily throwing his way anyway. Y'all I'm, tried I'm him definitely... in London. Well, yeah. That's the reason so why well. you don't throw his way. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, but I didn't know if that was, you know, that's whether he should be number one. The other so name who, I who really would you like, have at number one? I would have him at number one. I'm not saying he shouldn't be. Okay. I'm just wondering, like, do teams just not ever, ever take a risk against him? They try and they look over, though. But you, when, you, when you got a guy that's that, that's close, that close to a receiver and really understands the game, his IQ, this this all I want to say people don't give Revis, his IQ level at playing that cornerback position is it's probably bar right. none. You know what I'm saying? So it's a reason why, A, a third and short, short situation, he has that natural in, Superman instinct, that sixth sense. You know what I'm saying? And everybody doesn't have that. That's why I'll put Revis at number but one. With a corner, there must be a time where there's like a legacy of just don't look his way. You know, one of these top guys. And then eventually it's like, okay, we, you know, maybe there's a six-month overlap between when they're maybe not playing their best, but people it's, it's, still don't go that direction. Handsome Hank, they watch tape. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So as a fan, you might say you might not think he should be number one, but as an offense coordinator, you're watching countless hours of tape and like, man, this guy is sticky on every coverage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he, by the way, have good ball skills. You know, so it's a reason why they're not throwing the guys away. Yeah, we've been watching on tape. I might look over there or I might try Revis a few times, but I'm not going to game plan and just say, hey, man, we're going against Revis. For one, that's very disrespectful. For two, we've been watching hmm. tape. Well, you're going to try him early in the game. You're going to do something where you've seen him get beat on it to see if he still has it, right? So we've played Revis before, and he got beat on a double move post, and we tried it. And it didn't work. Didn't work. Hmm. And, and so we stopped trying stuff on him. You, you got to be your best scout. When playing corner, you got to scout yourself. Like during the week, I used to scout myself. Um, I used to tell at one time I was I wasn't giving up the deep ball. So I said, man, they starting to back shoulder fade. So I told Brian Left, a B Left, man, throw me a lot of back shoulder fades in in practice. So I was able to get my head around. I was able to position myself. You got to be your own worst critic. You got to be your own best scout. You got to scout yourself ahead. When it comes down to football in general, especially playing that cornerback mm-hmm. position. Yeah, it really does. Like, uh, I've said it a million times. I'll say it for the million and first. It's not just superior athleticism. It is also 
a belief that I know nothing about, a, a belief in oneself that I am with which I am not familiar. Like I, I'm a head case at all times. You, the ability to just wash your hands of what just happened and keep on moving is another distinction we between. We saw that when Big Ben went down. You just lost it. I did. The I show did. went I down. I fell apart. Mentally, everything everything I, well, listen, fell apart because I'm, of you. I'm still not right about all that. Josh Norman, Ike, though, you like him. You, you feel yeah, he's on the rise. Last year, man, towards the end of last year, you really started to see him emerge. This year, he really established himself. Small school guy, have a lot of confidence. He feel like he got a lot to prove. So we will see, man. All he got to do is just be consistent. Hopefully, he won't be these one-and-a-half, yeah. two-hit wonders. But he got a, he, he's great on instincts, reading the ball and catching it, of course. He's high on confidence. To play corner, you got to have a lot of confidence, and this guy does. Ike Taylor incarnate. He's Ike Taylor 2.0, in my well, opinion, no, MJD. For, for one, my body is built way better than that. Uh-huh. For, for two, I like my physique. Three man, I'm a solid tackler. Two, I won two Super Bowls and played. Don't forget, you're years. also number four on Rhoda's list, though. Yeah, I, that's cool. I can work on that. It's cool. I don't <laughs> know if it is cool. MJ, so there is Ike's top five corners. Next week, I want to get into MJD's running backs who are in the zone. That was an interesting thing that uh, that came up. Is that uh, just like quarterbacks or great perimeter shooters in basketball, running backs also can find themselves into the zone. We're going to break down who's in the zone. All right. Last thing is, I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, I sort of well, Rhoda kind of got into it. I get. I, I say I have low self-esteem. I'm curious. Where do you rank yourself among all the people you know? I'm going to start with you, MJD. I don't know. I, I don't know a lot of people. Uh, like are you number people? one? Like famous people or Not just, famous just people? people? No, people, human beings. Based on what? What do we? What, yeah. what I do don't you, know. I rank on... myself in my like. I, I I'm about like on my list of people I know. I'm probably about twenty. You know. Right. I mean, I don't. You gotta, you gotta believe in yourself. I, that's pretty that's good. I'm problem. in the top 20 of all the human beings I know. That's not so bad. Maybe 20, 25. Range. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm competing to be in top five. Really? I don't know if I'm there, but I'm competing to be there. Good for you. And my dog is helping me out. Is there a famous person that you like better than yourself? I don't like anyone better than myself. Oh, so. Oh, but so Ike you- is like the next. Right really? There. Yeah, he's like right there. <laughs> Isn't that nice? It really is lovely. You know, you. you guys both just hang them up. Who knows what's going to happen for anybody, the the great unknown when you retire from pro football, the spotlight and everything else. You come out here, you guys are both doing gangbusters work for NFL media, and on top of it, you found each other. It's just wonderful. Yeah, that's a, that's a true live story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, also, and, and you also found me and Handsome Hank. Yeah. Yeah, that's le- probably, for those guys, less good. Yeah. I don't know. Well, speak for yourself. It's I, think it's I think you it's guys should do, like, a kid's book together. Like, Ike and MJD do, and then it would be, like, things that you might do, like go to the zoo. Or, I, I tell you, you know, what, man. Whatever. If we had a camera 24-7, mm-hmm. it, it would sell. Ike, where do you rank yourself in the top? Top three, for sure. Top you know? three? Yeah, yeah, I feel like, from, from Miss Rhoda, I feel like I got a lot to work on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I got to go out on and, and get the work. Palomalu ahead of you or no? Oh, yeah, T.P. always. He's number one. Yeah, T.P. always going to be ahead of me. It's just, he's just that kind of guy. He's, he's, a, he's a flesh angel. It's, it's how I look at T.P., you know what I'm saying? But I feel like I got a lot to work on. But one thing I do have is a lot of confidence <laughs> in myself. You can drop me 
anyone in the world, uh, and I'm going to come out Apparently, you don't have any confidence in, in your pal Dave's ability to keep a secret. No, you really... Nobody does. Well, nobody does. I don't know panel. where that came on from. On this That's panel, a, nobody no, has I think it the stinks. confidence. Handsome Hank, how say you? Where do you rank yourself? Um, I, I mean, it's a difficult one. To, I would say, you know, now that I've met these two, they're in the 25 people I know. I've sunk down a couple more spots. Stop I'm still, it. I'm still ahead why of you. you. Why would you say that? Stop it. Can I, can I say something? By the way, you put, you put Rhoda on... on on blast is a minute ago, like that's what we're talking about. How are you going to put her out in front of everybody? And I well, that's why that. Dave is so far down his own list because right. he's a bad person. Yeah. Oh, you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people like bad guys. No yeah. wrong being a joker. I like the Joker. Joker is one of my favorite characters. You are the Joker. You know what? <laughs> time for the Sheck report this week. I wish I had time to update it because the three of you would all be on it. Believe in me, keep a secret. <laughs> All right. Maurice Jones Drew, Ike Taylor, Handsome Hank, here's your Sheck report. Damn a damn a David, David, damn Congratulations, Dave, you've done it once again. Hey, look, we're back in Studio 66, and now we are joined by the heroes from around the NFL, the podcast. The tremendous pages always delivered with a bit of mirth. All your pro football news around the NFL at NFL.com. The boss, Greg Rosenthal, and the host of the three times a week, Dan Hanzoos of the podcast, I should say, the host of the podcast. Mm. Dan Hanzoos, what's the poop, fellas? How are we? Great. It's great to be back. This is becoming a regular type thing. I like this, the afterglow coming off you today after that Steelers victory Monday night. Well, it was exhilarating, and I feel like it makes up for TNF uh, a week and a half ago. I think that's one Pittsburgh should have had, and uh, this is one perhaps they shouldn't have had, given the way Mike Vick played. He, uh, after all, did throw three passes that really should have not just been picked off, two of which should have been taken to the house. The, the game felt over. When they were down seven points, I was like, well, that's it. There's no way Michael Vick's scoring seven points. He's had three and a half quarters, to, and he scored three so far. Yes, and Dan Hanzoos, I don't know if he got to enjoy any of it because he was at a family reunion, huh? I was. I was actually in your home state of Pennsylvania with the rest of uh, my mother's side of the family. It was glorious, but I watched a lot of football. Did you? Yeah. Well, good. Then, uh, then this is the place to be because let's talk about pro football. Week five now fully in the books. And I think this is a time to visit this. I don't. I'm sure you guys uh, probably do know the numbers. How many? How long has it been since this many teams were mm. undefeated after Week Five? 1941. Oh, good. Good. See, Ian I just likes making up stuff. <laughs> yeah. he said the Raiders were three and one, or they were trying to be three and one for the first time since 1912. Nobody checks it except for like four people on Twitter. <laughs> That's so right. What's the point? This has never happened before. To answer your question, it's the most four and zero teams ever. And if the Patriots is uh, that right? It this was is, the this... most four and zero teams ever, and this would be the most five and zero, assuming the, if the Patriots can get another win. Well, so right. So so now there are six teams still unblemished, and Elliot Harrison does his power rankings for all the NFL. Let's focus on the good ones, though, because we're front runners after all. So let's rank them here. First of all, here are Damashek's rankings of the undefeated teams, the power rankings. The Packers, as you know, the, the public is starting to catch on to the fact that that defense looks different than it has in the last couple of years. That's all the difference. By the way, I have to say it again. You know, I know I, I, I always praise Aaron Rodgers. But again, let's remember in August the devastation that uh, with no Jordy Nelson, well, that uh, probably scuttles any chances they have of making a Super Bowl run. It has been a complete non-factor. The Patriots dominant once again, inexplicably. As I, I mean, they really. Why is it inexplicable? I'll tell you why. But the Bengals, 
And the Broncos down there, they just don't have an offense. Here's Rosenthal. Shocker that Dave uh, found a way to bury Peyton Manning. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that Peyton Manning has been the worst starting quarterback well, they're, so far. They're they're a better, it's Dave's life's work. I at least put them in the middle of the pack because they've got the best defense in the entire league. That's better True. than anything Carolina has or anything Atlanta has. So they're fourth. I got the Bengals as my number two team behind. But Carolina has one of the top three or four defenses, well, and they have an offense that actually can make some special play. Let's see Carolina play a quarterback better than Ryan Mallett. That's like the best quarterback they face so far. It's a very good defense, but let's see him play someone else. Not a good offense. I can't wait to see the Falcons and Panthers hook up. You yep. talk about the styles. It really is Frazier v. Ali. You know, all offense versus all defense. And here's Hanzoos's board here. Mm. All right, I got the Patriots at one, and it's because they're going to go like 15-1 and one probably. Well, maybe even 16-0, and 0, which would just be horrendous if we have to deal with that garbage again. But I think that it would be <laughs> stunning if they lose more than Why like, do I take such grief for being a so-called Peyton hater, which is bogus, but Hanzoos is allowed Here's to the say difference, Dave. it would be well, awful. He owns it. He I owns own it. it, Dave, and yeah. you do not own the Peyton hate. Yeah, he, I he, don't hate Peyton. He fully admits he hates how great a quarter uh, coach that Bill Belichick yeah, it's, is. The fact that he was my coach for a few minutes before resigning as HC. But so we got the Patriots one, the Packers are, t- Packers are two. And then, if I may, on my most recent end around column, Whoa. I did a head coaching body rankings. Mm-hmm. And I had Dan Campbell at number one in term mm-hmm. Dolphins coach. And then I Fair. left multiple spots vacant out of deference to Campbell's bod. This is what I would do with the power rankings <laughs> here I would leave multiple spots empty, then the Bengals, oh. Broncos, Falcons, and Panthers. NFC South, I'm not buying you yet. Start playing some real teams. Um, so that's where my What do the Bengals at. have to do? I mean, I put them number two because they have been essentially perfect this year. You know, as you know, on our podcast, I've always been a defender of Andy Dalton, but I'm still, I'm hedging my bets a little bit. You got to be a little bit careful. It's still early in the season. We, it doesn't that's feel true. that way, but it is. That is correct. Even though, yes, this feels like a breakthrough for 14 in orange, it isn't necessarily. We're still just in early October. Let's wait to see a little bit further before we decide that Andy Dalton definitely can win a Super Bowl. Rosenthal, do you think that that's a, a possibility? That's fine, but I thought the power rankings are what's going on right now. And All right, you, they you are. Take, you take that Dalton name I'm just, off the back of his jersey. He is playing close to as well as Brady and Rodgers are playing right now, which seems outrageous, and he's getting more support, I guess, around him. But that's how well he's played. I would put him right there in the top three or four quarterbacks so far. Here's the thing that I – the reason I say to go back to the Patriots, why I have uh, – why I, I find it weirdly sort of unsatisfying <laughs> – what they're doing, I feel like... Shocking. No, no, listen to what I'm saying. I, I think Tom Brady is dynamite. <laughs> you know, I, I, I still say when it's all said and done, Aaron Rodgers will go down as the best of all time, but Tom Brady is currently the greatest quarterback in the history of pro football, I think, including Joe Montana in that conversation, or at least in the Super Bowl era. I don't care what happened in the 40s, unlike Dan Hanzoos, apparently. Here's what <laughs> what's weird about it is, is that it sort of guts the importance of the draft and free agency and everything else that happens. Because when you look at the pa- the Patriots roster, you think, well, this doesn't make any sense. It feels like smoke and mirrors year after year after year. Finally, well, that team's built in that. They ha- they're they so loaded. They'll take down the Patriots. 
And yet, it just keeps on going, and I think it has to do with 12 more than it does Belichick. Yes? I, I agree with that, but, you know, we're watching those highlights. Julian Edelman, I mean, he's making those moves in the open field. That, he's a great receiver. Deion the Lewis Patriots. is a great player. Deion Lewis, this is an, a credit to the Patriots. Like, Deion yes. Lewis drops out of nowhere and is now, like, a top three all-purpose back in the NFL. So you're adding him into an already great offense with two historical talents in Brady and Gronk. That's the it's baffling unfair. part of the Patriots. We sit around all day. And listen, call me pretentious. Oh, Dave, you don't really know what you're talking about. There, Listen, <laughs> there are keen football minds looking at these things, and it makes no sense that Deion Lewis, well, the like Patri- I say, it, it, it's weirdly unsatisfying. Like, you can't assess why they're so good year after year after year. I mean, even the Patriots didn't know what they had. He was the number six running back in their rotation to start. He's behind guys like James White and Brandon Bolden, and they give him a chance, and he just... I mean, he's the best running back they've had since Corey Dillon. It's not even close. Julian Edelman, it's it's just very (laughs) weird. Very weird stuff, and, you know, I don't know. Maybe the back end of that defense will be their undoing when the games get uh, tougher and tougher into December and January, assuming they make the playoffs. We'll see if they do. Hey, another team that looks like they're destined to be playing in January once again, but this time with their starting QB, the Arizona Cardinals. Let's uh, fill in the blank here. The Arizona Cardinals are better than... Wait, the Car... I'm sorry, let me read it off the screen there. The Cardinals are the blank best team in the NFL. Dan Hanzus, I start with you. They are the... (laughs) I got to think, you know, I was... Third best team in the NFL right now. Third best. Okay, Third best. So, so you're going to slot them. I would slot them behind the Packers and Patriots. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think they're better than any of those other undefeated teams bes- beside the ones I just mentioned. Uh, they're loaded. I think Wes pointed out, Chris Wessling, that they've outscored their opponents by 100 points already this season. They're great on both sides of the ball. This team is loaded. Rosie. I'm saying they're the second best team in the NFL. Maybe just because Wes is so strong with his conviction, he's – convinced me I think if you put them on a neutral field I'd take them over to the Packers right now I think their offense is deeper Green Bay's offense I mean it's great they have Aaron Rodgers he's obviously much better than Carson Palmer but overall I think the Cardinals offense is better they're deeper two things first of all those two teams will not get to play on a neutral site so let's play into reality what if they're in Lambeau in a big game or if they're in Arizona well in Arizona you're going to take I would take the home team in either case and I think they'll have a chance to get home field. I don't think Green Bay is going to rip off 16 straight wins. I just think they're going to they're going to end up having three or four losses and Arizona could wind up getting that one seed. I don't think we'll I don't think we'll ever see the Cardinals get blown out by anybody if they're healthy this year. So they could beat anybody. I feel like, you know, we, we talk about Andy Dalton and this looks like and really we're making a decision now, do we have we seen enough in 2015 to believe that this is a different guy than what we saw previously? If you, that's five weeks. I feel like that's not a big enough sample size to ultimately annoying him as, I'm not going to use the superlative, but you know you know what it is. It starts with mm. an E and ends with an E. Uh, but, you know, let's call it uh, super duper. It, okay. He's not in the super duper category just yet. But the trend that has gone on long enough for me is Bruce Arians is a great head coach. And I feel like we're still reluctant to fully embrace that this Cardinals team can do damage, but given, and they, you know, they haven't really Not in this hit. room. Look at that graphic. We got them as the best team in the league. I've got them as the, as the third best. Okay. I'm going to put them behind One the Packers. Them. I think the Packers would beat them in a head-to-head in the postseason. But nonetheless, this Bruce Arians thing, you know, Jim Harbaugh was getting a lot more attention and affection and praise 
in year two in, in uh, San Francisco, mm. then it seems like Bruce Arians, why do we suppose that is? Is it because they haven't won a postseason game? I guess that would be a fair reason. Because they're the Cardinals. Because they're the you know most forgettable franchise in the league, and they haven't really done anything other than that one Super Bowl run. But what he's doing is un- unbelievable. They lose Todd Bowles to your Jets. He looks mm-hmm. like a great head coach. Doesn't matter. Like no, they, they lose I a lot know. of their front seven. Doesn't matter. They bring in Chris Johnson. That's the most unbelievable yeah. thing that's happened in the entire league this year. I think he's number and, three in rushing now. Made him a star again. Yeah, I mean he listen the Steelers. It must hurt you. I know you you're happy with Mike Tomlin. But to kind of push that guy out the door and then find out years later he's amongst, if not the best coach, not named Belichick right now. That's tried to hurt. Re- tried to retire him early. They, Everyone, no, Ooh, they- the Steelers are the classiest <laughs> organization. They stand by their coaches forever. Hey, Bruce, uh, we're going to say you retire even though you don't want to. Bruce, you're how 36. That- you're out of the league. <laughs> how is retire. that classy? Settle down. Settle down, though. There's no reason to take pot shots at the black and gold. But you're right. They did. They announced his retirement for him, and then about ten days later, he resurfaces in Indianapolis. Wait, I don't. Is that the like the least classy move ever? Right. <laughs> like what is? You're deciding a man's life. Wait a second. This gives me an idea. Hey, black tie. Put together a press release of your own retirement. Oh. <laughs> he resurfaces at the worldwide leader somewhere like that. Starts running Sports Center. Who knows? Um, the uh, another trend that is interesting is that we talked about it with uh, Handsome Ike and MJD. Your thoughts on this? It's easy to say that the team that has two losses or more that is better than their record is the Seahawks, but I'm curious. I'm a, a trend that is an ugly one for that for the vaunted defense, the unbeatable shutdown defense. They lost that game to Green Bay in the clink, really. They, I mean, a, a series of random <laughs> flukes really went against the Packers, or else they would have lost that game. They go to the Super Bowl. They have a 10-point lead. They lose that in the fourth quarter and lose the Super Bowl. They lose to dirty Nick Foles in week one. Mm. They should have lost to the Lions. Mm. They do lose a 17-point lead to Andy Dalton, who may or may not be great. Either way, they blew that lead. Is that a disturbing trend by your book, or is it something that we'll have forgotten about by Thanksgiving? It's absolutely disturbing. And they did it to the Packers, too. That game was tied in Lambeau going into the fourth quarter. This is supposed to be the best defense we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. And they've the defense, more than the offense, has blown, what, four or five of the last six, seven games. That was the, the Bengals game specifically was really troubling. But, I, again, like we were saying earlier, it's still early. It's still early October, mid-October. I would, I would look at their schedule, home to Panthers, at Niners, at Cowboys, probably without Romo, and then they have a Sunday night game against the Cardinals in their building, which will be a great game. I wouldn't be surprised if they were 5-3 and three heading into that game. So I'm not worried about them, and I do think they are easily the team with the worst record that's I'm not worried about. That's your choice. Yes. The team with two mm-hmm. losses or more that's better than their record. Yeah. I it's going to be in the mix come January. I don't. I think they'll get picked off in the playoffs this year before the Super Bowl, but I think they'll go into the playoffs in good position still. Rosie, how say you? I mean, Which that, team that is currently not in our little precious power ranking? Seahawks are easy, but I'm going to go the Rams. I, just, I mean, you could be cute and go the Rams. I'm just going with the team that actually makes sense. The, the Seahawks make sense. The Rams make sense. The Rams beat the Seahawks. The Rams beat the Cardinals, who we just were talking about. They're gonna. They're not going to be a great team, but I think they're still going to get to 10 wins. I, I think with Gurley now, that makes their offense difference. When they're at home, that defense just flies around. They are as talented in the front seven, I think, as any team in the league. So I'm going yeah, the, the praise of that defense has now become an old story, but the Todd Gurley emergence, really, you have to hearken back maybe to, and I'm probably skipping some big names here, but 
you almost have to harken back to the L.A. Rams when Eric Dickerson made the scene because it's not like this is a young runner in Todd Gurley that looks good and, boy, he's going to be a dominant runner for years to come. This isn't Eddie Lacy or Lev Bell, two recent breakout runners. This is a guy who, from the time he stepped on the field, is gashing teams for 50 yards every time he touches. Not every time he touches the ball, but there are a couple of those runs every game. It's, I know it's only three into his career now. Nonetheless, but with him and Tavon Austin now. They're getting Austin into three. the mix. I like the fact that they got rid of Brian Schottenheimer helps them a little bit. Their defense Still got Nick great Foles, though, and we just saw what happened with Nick He's Foles. the bugaboo He's for the that problem, team. and we see it every year. Every season doesn't matter. If you don't have a quarterback, you're done. But I do think, not unlike, I guess, the Carolina Panthers, who let's not sleep on the greatness of that defense, they have one special playmaker on the other side of the thing in Cam Newton. Between Gurley and uh, Tavon Austin, they might have just enough to get. You get a couple plays when you have a dominant defense, as the as the Broncos prove. You know, they're, they're scratching out, what, 13, right. 17 points on offense a week. If you get a couple plays, that can be enough. That's to, how they to beat through. the Cardinals. They just asked Foles to make two or three big throws, and he hit him that game. I mean, in Green Bay, he had no chance. The but- NFC, let me just say this to you guys, is it's intriguing if we assume that Atlanta and Carolina, it's a big assumption, but let's assume those two teams will uh, will both wind up in the playoffs. So that's one of your wild cards. Now, and if we assume Arizona takes that division, and that's early oh, to the Packers that. take, their, take theirs. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously yeah. jumping to some conclusions here. But now the mix for that six seed or the five seed, one of the two wild cards, comes down to the Rams, maybe, the Seahawks, the Vikings, and then, you know, Romo and Dez. I feel like, the, I, I know the defense looked all right against the Patriots, but if we write them off, my pick, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think as that a was wild a, card. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them as a wild card and, mm. and think and, and say that the Giants will hold on to win that division. Then again, maybe the Eagles will take the, uh, the East overall. I, this is the so you're saying and, Seattle's not making the playoffs? If you put I that all together, this. that's what he's saying. I, I suppose that is what I'm saying. Broke because here's why. Wow. Let me say Zach something. Said this last season as well. What's that, Black Tie? Exact same thing last season as well. You also had the all Chiefs right. in the Super Bowl this year. Is that true? Colors, yeah, but Jamal Charles got hurt, so that so I'm off the hook on that one. <laughs> How about your producer, by the way? Dur- during our show Sunday, he got in my ear and wanted me to point out that that was your Super Bowl. Black tie. You weren't, even in, you weren't even in the show. For some reason, Black Tie <laughs> takes the greatest wow. pleasure of all outside of listening to movie soundtracks. His of greatest course. pleasure in life is denouncing me and, and putting a spotlight yeah. on my uh, on my that, yeah, is this him? Like yeah, yeah, that, that's Damon Sheck's Super Bowl pick. You want to point that out. That feels one and four. personal. It is personal. There's no there's not there's it's no the other no two ways about it. I keep trying to warn you and you keep making them. It's like, dude, slow down. Wow. Jay Cutler is not the MVP. Chiefs are not going to listen. Well, just so you know, in our, on our show, he when we had a swings. we had a predictions episode, and and TD predicted that Calvin Johnson was going to have like twenty five touchdowns. That was last season. Okay, and then that, he got hurt. That go. he, got oh, hurt. he got hurt too. That's the yeah. old uh, backdoor excuse. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to our conversation, please. <laughs> the grown ups are talking black guy. We don't we don't need your your petty uh, your pe- petty interruptions. Um, yeah, the Eagles, and I think it was a significant moment that Chip Kelly, I'm, you know, for all the negative stuff, and that's a, te- a, a terrible place to be if things are going south on you with the local media and you hear the whispers in the locker room, there are doubts about that. I thought that was huge. When Sam Bradford threw his second interception of the day in the end zone on Sunday, mm-hmm. I declared, well, clearly they're going to switch to Sanchez. They can't continue to do this sort of thing. 
And yet he came back with Bradford the next drive. They get it in the end zone, and then the roll begins. I think this is a critical moment in the season for the Eagles, and I think they keep on rolling. I agree with all that, but I can't imagine more than one team making it out of that division. I well, re- maybe they take the division. And I've also already heard too many times this season, well, the Phillies' offense really look good in the second half. Well, maybe they're going to turn the corner finally, and then f- fast forward the next week, and they're back in you the what? Again. You know what the other factor is for the Eagles? Sneaky... Good defense. Sneaky, decent defense. They can take the ball away. They're they're a 21st century defense. They don't dominate you, but they do take the ball away a little bit. No, you know what? I'm Scratch my thoughts. You put me on the spot. I wasn't thinking it through. Eagles win the division. Giants just miss. I go Falcons or Panthers get one wild card. The Seahawks get the other wild card. That makes sense. You know, here's the other thing real quick with with the NFC West. On uh, the Rams, they already have wins against the Cardinals yep. at Arizona oh, and yeah. against the Seahawks. That ain't jive. If they yep. just take care of business against the 49ers, which Jeff Fisher teams don't always beat who they're supposed to beat, witness the D.C. loss. You know, that team, by the way, would be a great story right now, and America would be fully on the Rams bandwagon if they would have just taken care of D.C. Mm. Had they yeah. won I, thought you, they, I thought you were going to say if they just played in Los Angeles. Right. I thought that's where you're going to. <laughs> no, I'm looking Even St. Louis Todd isn't on that bandwagon. Gur- There's going to be a lot of Todd Gurley jerseys in this region. I got a feeling. Yes, indeed. Go ahead, Rosenthal. No, I, no, I was just I was saying the same thing. That's that's all that's got. I mean, in St. Louis, they don't even care about the Rams. Why should the rest of America? Oh, all right. Oh. See, that's just wow. That's how we're gonna end it. That's that's the sour note we're gonna put me go on the spot. Of. Yeah. All right, Black Tie, get in here. I have something for you. Get over here. We're, oh, and thanks to uh, thanks to Rosenthal, Han Zeus, MJD, Handsome Hank, Ike Taylor for joining us. And uh, you know, Black Tie, I wanted to give you something here. Find out more on the next DDFP. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, You're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.